buying these things that that I didn't necessarily need wasn't really giving me the the sort of happiness or, or long term joy that that I felt was was worth the cost. And so that's where I I sort of made a mindset shift where I started thinking like the thing that would make me the happiest is to have my time back, right? So if I could somehow get all my time back so I was in control of my time and how I spent it and I had the 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 freedom and flexibility to to do what I wanted when I wanted, like that is worth way more to me than than any sort of material possession. Can you really have big wins by making tiny changes to your finances? Find out how Chris did it and retired in his 30s in today's episode. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, the show where we share stories and advice on building up your marriage and wealth together. I'm El Martinez. Support for this podcast comes from Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money Masterclass. This self-paced course is designed to help you get on the same page with money, dump your debt faster, and build wealth as a team. Sign up today for the course and get lifetime access. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash jumpstart. Going for the big wins is a smart move with your finances. But it's not always easy. Too many times those big wins mean big changes. And for most of us, it's enough to keep us from actually doing it. But what if I told you that there are certain key tiny changes that you too can make that can have a huge impact? Today's guest, Chris Reining, has made those tiny habits stick And with them, he's been able to retire at age 37. In this episode, we get into what pushed him to change his habits, how he was able to slash his expenses without feeling like he was missing out, and his system to building wealth. I hope you enjoy. You might be thinking, if Chris retired at age 37, this must have been a process that he's had for a long time. But that wasn't always the case. Day to day in my 20s, um, yeah, I did have my dream job. And I was doing IT security because I was really fascinated by, by computers. And so I went all in on that and graduated from college. I got my first job uh, doing IT security specifically. So, yes, I was living my dream. Like I was making okay money, not a lot of money, but okay money. And just really loving what I was doing day to day. But then I think towards my late 20s was really when I, uh, I, you know, I was just getting like sort of tired of the nine to five grind and sort of feeling really trapped um, in this sort of repetitive lifestyle of, of, you know, waking up, driving to work, you know, dealing with problems all day, driving home, eating dinner. Um, and then knowing like I had to do the same thing the next day and for the next few decades, right, if I didn't make some changes. And so that was sort of this epiphany moment in my 20s where I took a step back and said, you know, I really have to make a change here. Otherwise, I'm going to be living a life that I don't want. Up until that point, Chris's spending 
was in a way a reaction to how he grew up. You know, I was buying nice stuff because, you know, I grew up in a house where, you know, it was probably middle class, lower middle class, where you know, we didn't really have a lot of money. We didn't really take lots of vacations. You know, we didn't always wear brand new clothes and stuff like that. And so when I found myself with, uh, you know, a pretty decent job and um, I had some disposable income, like I started buying nice stuff. And it was nice having nice stuff because I never had nice stuff before. So like I bought my dream car, which was a BMW. I'd always wanted one. And I'd bought condominium uh, in downtown Madison, where Wisconsin, where I live. Yes, it was fun to have this stuff. But fun isn't the same as happiness. I sort of came to the realization that, you know, I was spending all this money on these things and the sort of happiness or joy that I could derive from them um, was sort of fleeting, right? So like I I would buy something new and, you know, it it felt good for, for the time being, but like it wears off, right? Like the novelty of buying new stuff wears off. And so I started making the connection that um, buying these things that that I didn't necessarily need wasn't really giving me the the sort of happiness or, or long-term joy that I felt was, was worth the cost. And so that's where I, I sort of made a mindset shift where I started thinking like the thing that would make me the happiest is to have my time back, right? So if I could somehow get all my time back so I was in control of my time and how I spent it and I had the 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 freedom and flexibility to to do what I wanted when I wanted, like that is worth way more to me than than any sort of material possession. And so I think that was sort of the the sort of mindset shift that I went through in my 20s where where I figured out that you know, buying all this material stuff, while it was cool, it didn't really make me happy. And what would ultimately make me happy was was this financial security to be able to do what I wanted to do. Many of his colleagues and friends were also frustrated with what was going on with their finances and lives, but they had a different approach. So yeah, nobody talks about money, right? Nobody, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's, yeah. nobody's talking about money. Um, so I did feel sort of like a, a lone ranger. But yeah, of course, like everyone's like, oh, you know, it's another Monday. And so, you know, you say these things at work to your coworkers and go through life kind of feeling like that's just the way things are. But I think to me, I was like, well, I like to figure things out. So there must be another way, right? I shouldn't have to work for 40, 50 straight years. There must be another option. And that's when I, I probably sat down on my computer and started Googling you know, like the ways to become financially independent or financially free. And that's really when I found the book, Your Money or Your Life. Oh, that's a good and so, book. yeah, it's a great book. And I, I literally sat down and read that book uh, like on a Saturday. And then I turned around the same day and just started tracking all of my, all of my money because I didn't even know where my money was going. Chris was ready to make a change. Chris was developing a keystone habit. We had a show all about this a while back, but basically a keystone habit gets the ball rolling on other changes. Let me give you an example with a popular goal people make every year. They want to get in shape. What do they typically do? 
They'll say, oh, I'm going to eat better, exercise more. It's too general and they don't accomplish it. But instead, you decide you're going to do something different. You're going to focus on just one thing. Every morning, you're going to go out for a run. After a couple weeks, you'll likely notice that in addition to that one change you made running in the morning, you also adjusted your eating habits, you're drinking more water throughout the day, and maybe during the weekends, you actually have your spouse join you. So this one habit, getting up in the morning and running, has led to big changes. It's really fascinating, and if you want to dig in deeper, you should check out The Power Habit by Charles Duhigg. So Chris was tapping into this keystone habit when he decided to review his expenses and ask a question. I think it's all about finding that balance or finding that edge. So when I started out, yeah, I was spending literally like uh, 90 or 95% of the money I was taking home. And so I started looking at my expenses and just, I I started with the small stuff. I think that um, when you're starting out with the small stuff, it makes the ability to change the big stuff much easier. So I literally started by cutting out, um, I used to stop every morning for a red eye, which is coffee with a shot of espresso, (laughs) a lot of caffeine. Um, And yeah, it didn't cost much. It was literally like $5. And I I cut it out. I just started making um, coffee at home. Like it wasn't a big deal to do that. And I think that just by making that, that small um, manageable change um, really improves you know your ability to make much bigger changes so after the five dollar coffee then you know I cut out you know the the fifty dollar um, subscription to um, cable TV and then that went on and on and on until I cut out you know spending a thousand dollars a month on flight lessons because I had a, a, a pilot license. And so I spent literally had like a thousand dollar a month hobby. And to me, it was sort of weighing those things, mm-hmm. those sort of expenses against this bigger goal that I had of becoming financially independent and being able to retire early. So it's all about sort of finding these, these edges um, where, where you're comfortable spending money and where you're not comfortable spending money. Saving on those expenses was huge, no doubt. But here's where we can trip ourselves up. Think of it like failure of the last mile. What do we usually do when we save some cash? Probably keep it in checking saying, hey, we're going to grow the buffer. It's going to be great. But we find out at the end of the month, we didn't actually save any money. So Chris made sure he had a plan. And it's something you've heard quite a bit here on the show. It actually got started when I was trying to save money for my condo. So, you know, I needed to save up a a, a huge down payment, right? Because Mm -hmm. housing is expensive and typically you want to save 20%. So I, you know, that's like an overwhelming amount of money typically. So on a, you know, on a $200,000 house, that's... $40,000. $40,000. And when you think about, you know, yes, at the end of the month, I hardly have anything left and I need to save $40,000. I mean, that is, it's, it's so overwhelming that a lot of people just don't even start to tackle something like that. So, you know, I'm really big on, on having, having systems and routines in place. Mm-hmm. So, um, it sort of came out of, out of that, just like my, my sort of personality, because, you know, like every morning I, I make a smoothie 
Um, I put a banana in it and some frozen berries and coconut milk and protein powder. And I've literally been having this smoothie for like years on end. And that might sound crazy, but it's because like in the morning, I don't want to be spending my time and energy, you know, thinking and making decisions about what I should have for breakfast. I already know what I'm having for breakfast because it's what I have for breakfast every single morning. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of took that model and applied it to to personal finance. So I started out by taking um, just a small amount of money at the time. I think it was like 100 or $200 a month and uh, for my checking account, so where my paychecks ended up and would have it automatically transferred on the first of the month to a separate savings account. So it was sort of this quote-unquote off-limits um, savings accounts that was online, you know, it's kind of difficult to get to or transfer money into and out of. So it wasn't very tempting to get into. And so I would just send, you know, automatically a couple hundred dollars a month into this separate savings account. And then over time, uh, as I progressed in my career, then I would sort of live on the same amount of money but like the raises that I was getting, I would increase the amount that I was sending to this savings account, you know, by the extra amount of money that I was making. And so over time, I was able to increase that amount. But the the same idea applied in that I was just basically sending money um, out of my checking account into the separate savings account. And it was like not even having the money because it wasn't there to spend. Now that he had his system in place, when Chris was working towards early retirement, he just had to make a few adjustments. It's essentially the the same. So you can think about it like if uh, if you have if you're a W two earner, right? You typically have access to like a four hundred one k account through your employer, and so that's really the same model as as well because you're um, taking money from your paychecks and sending that money into a 401k account where it gets automatically invested. And so and so that's really the same thing that I did. Um, in fact, after I had saved up that money for down payment, I would just I just basically divert, started diverting that money that I was saving and diverted it to a, a separate investment account to be invested. And so you can use the same model for investing as well. And at the ripe old age of 37, Chris retired. <laughs> I, I, I always struggle in, in answering this question. I've been spending uh, a lot of my time writing on my on my website, so chrisranning.com, where I write about personal finance. And I have also been spending a lot of time in probably like areas of my my life that I maybe neglected for for a while so like mm-hmm. um you know I was so focused on on my career and and that sort of thing that you know there are other parts of my life you know around spirituality and and that sort of thing and that sort of growth where I wasn't really spending much time so I think I have a much better balance now between spending my time um, helping people with personal finance, which I do through my website, mm-hmm. and also just spending a lot of time improving myself and, and living a, a, a more uh, happy life for sure. And, you know, I think the point now that I am technically retired is that like I, the point was never to like sit on a beach and rub 
coconut oil on my body for the next 40 years or whatever. <laughs> but it was to work on what I wanted to work on and have that freedom and flexibility. Um, and that was really about helping people, you know, with money and investing. Since Chris is focusing some of his time on helping others become financially independent, I asked him what first steps people should take on this journey. I think the first step is to probably define what that future life looks like, right? So I, I talk to a lot of people who say that they want you know, freedom and flexibility and that sort of thing, but they don't really define or quantify it. So I, I think a first step is just talking um, with your partner or if uh, you're alone, just thinking about what that actually looks like in your mind, right? So sort of figuring out what day-to-day looks like and then um, putting a number on that and then, you know, working backwards from there. But yes, I think, and you're a big proponent of this, is, is starting that conversation and being willing to sort of continue that conversation and Mm -hmm. change it. Um, And these things change over time too. So the other important thing is not to get stuck on one certain vision, but being willing to change your vision over time as you need to. Special thanks to Chris for sharing his story. If you want to learn more about how he retired or grab his free investing guide, please visit chrisreining.com. I'll also share links to some of my favorite posts from him in the show notes, as well as resources you can use to start you on the path of financial freedom. Don't forget that the Jumpstart course is out now. Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money focuses on the big wins like we've been talking today. So we're not clipping coupons. We're not worrying about pinching pennies. Get lifetime access to a four-week course designed to help you to stop fighting about money, create a budget you both love, automate your finances, pay off your debts faster, and start saving for your dreams. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash jumpstart. And if you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You'll get the latest stories and tips on building your wealth together sent to you. It's free and easy. We're out there on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, and more. You can also grab the feed off our site so you can listen to the show from whatever podcast app you prefer. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere and Music for Makers. Finally, I want to say thank you. Couple Money Podcast is made possible because of listeners like you. Your tweets, reviews, likes, and more are so encouraging. And if you're in the Anaheim area, I'm going to be there for a visit and I'd love to meet you. I'm going to be joining Joe from Stacking Benjamins and a few other podcasters at McFadden's in Anaheim. I have all the details in the show notes. I'd love to see you and chat with you. And if there's a topic or question that you have and you want covered on the show, just let me know. I hope you have a great week. Take care.